What's going on, Internet? And welcome to the very first, hopefully, of many, Nerdy Nomicron, the podcast where three, sometimes more, friends get together and talk about all the nerdy, cool stuff going on in the world from movies, video games, TV, uh, and sometimes we'll throw in a little bit of chronic because we're all a bunch of chronic heads. Anyways, I'm your host, Alex, a.k.a. Snurfin, and I'm joined by the wonderful, the handsome, Brian, a.k.a. Synthetic. How's it going, everyone? And also, my very own teddy bear, Oliver Vonstrosity. Hey, everyone. So, this is our first show. How's everybody feeling? I'm feeling great. Good, good. good. Uh, I hope that we can uh, compile this together uh, in, a, in a way that is entertaining for everyone. Um, how about we do a little round here? I don't even know. We want to talk about uh, like game genres we like to play. Um, just browse over some of the topics that uh, we might cover here today. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let's uh, let's do that. Uh, today's topics may, and or may not, depending on time, include, we're going to discuss a little bit of Disney's What If, so I say Marvel's What If, um, pretty fucking crazy episode just as of late, uh, we're going to touch on what's happening in Star Wars, we may or may not even talk about the Justice League Snyder Cut, because who cares, why not, this is our show, we talk about whatever the fuck we want, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, you know what? Let's, uh, let's actually start with What If, since I just watched the third episode and it's fresh in my mind. How is everybody feeling about this? I really I, enjoyed uh, this episode. I, yeah. I have not seen this latest episode, but I've seen the first two, and they're oh, pretty great. Ollie, you need to get your shit together. <laughs> I just yeah, got man. home and then we started this call. No, no, you had all day. You had all day to watch. All day at work, sure. <laughs> you guys can fill me in on what happened. Work well, comes second, man. I mean, I don't know if I want to spoil it for you. That just seems wrong. Oh, that's all right. The show is entertaining already. I'll watch it eventually. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, this episode was kind of kind of strange. Um, it was a what-if in a universe where... The Avengers initiative was stopped before it was even started. Uh, and there was somebody who was going around killing all the Avenger initiative candidates before we could, they could even form, uh, form the Avengers, which was fucking insane when you get the reveal at the end. Spoilers, and if uh, none of you listening want to know, now is your time to turn away and come back in like 10 seconds, 30 seconds. Come back whenever. Um, <clears throat> it was Hank Pym. This is a universe where his daughter, Hope, had been killed on an, uh, uh, an Avengers mission, I guess. Um, and because S.H.I.E.L.D. sort of, not covered it up, but S.H.I.E.L.D. being S.H.I.E.L.D., um, Hank Pym got pissed, so he started picking off all the fucking Avengers. Honestly, I can any timeline. Yeah, I I didn't see that coming. Like, I I didn't suspect that uh, that was going to be the route that we'd go with the episode. Right. But I like that it finished the way it did. 
especially throughout the uh, like larger expo- exposition part of the episode um, in the beginning and sort of building up and watching all of these characters get killed off, I almost felt underwhelmed um, just simply because it was at a point in Marvel where none of these characters were overly impactful yet. And at first I thought it really kind of took away from the overall feel of the episode. And uh, I would have almost liked to have seen it more around the time um, after, say, Ultron or uh, pre-Infinity War, kind of. Right. Um, Until the end of the episode when they sort of rounded everything off and I think it ended really well. But it just didn't quite feel like uh, they had the same impact as say, last episode with uh, the T'Challa becoming a Star-Lord type of thing. Oh, man. Ollie, that so, was a good episode. Yeah. Very Ollie, good. Chime, chime, in, <laughs> chime in on episode okay. two. Episode two was dope. What are your thoughts? Yeah. The, okay. First of all, the whole part about T'Challa convincing Thanos that his <laughs> <laughs> that his genocide was the wrong way to go and it, it was all about peace and making the world a better place i just i love that fact it 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 really makes me wonder just how great the mcu would have been with uh with more chadwick boseman uh oh, yeah. it, pour one out for, for my yeah, like it really yeah. sucks that we don't have him anymore but i'm glad that he left us with this great what if episode because now I'm yearning for a Star Lord uh, movie where he's T'Challa, right? Uh, but uh, I I I really liked that movie. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, no, I'm just okay. blanking here. No, it's okay. It happens. It happens. Uh, yeah. So I I really liked the episode. Um, I was blown away. I didn't think they could top it after seeing uh, Captain Carter. Oh, and, me. And it sounds oh, yeah. like they they really did uh, a really great episode three that I need to go watch now. Uh, yeah, so I, I really, think. yeah, I really can't wait to see more of uh, what ifs. You know, I really didn't. It it really didn't hit my radar when I heard the show was was coming out. But I'm really glad that it exists now because it really shows us uh, all the great storytelling that that's around in Marvel. Yeah, no kidding. Absolutely. Not that they needed help with storytelling in in the first place. Oh no, 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 no at all. Nice to see more. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, Ryan, your thoughts on episode two? I thought it was really well done. I liked uh, the way that they kind of reinvigorated a lot of these characters with uh new life and new purpose such as uh as you were talking about ollie um thanos's big switch um becoming like part of the ravagers and whatnot as well as yondu's whole character development Um, what did they keep calling him captain captain genocide captain genocide yeah (laughs) (laughs) so good man just like the interactions that he had with all the characters individually throughout episode two was phenomenal. So much better done than I expected uh, for something like that. I fucking died when they do that moment where he's like, you may know me by my other name. And he takes off the helmet and he's like, Star-Lord. And what's his name? Fucking freaks out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, Star-Lord. I, was, I died, man. I almost fell out of my chair. I was laughing so fucking hard. I couldn't believe it. it so like good. he's Like he's a legit celebrity 
outlaw amongst uh, amongst the, the galaxy. That was fucking killer. Yeah, we need oh, yeah. T'Challa to be a lot better than the actual Star Lord we're familiar with. <laughs> well, of course, it's, and Definitely. if anyone could do it, it would be T'Challa. Mm-hmm. He's, mm-hmm. He's, he's a man of wisdom. I just love that when he's first picked up, he's he's not bewildered. He's in awe, amazement, and it's just like, yeah, you know what? Earth is great, and Wakanda has all this cool tech, but like, I want to get out into fucking space. Yeah, and right. I, yeah, I. I he saw that opportunity, and that's the reason he's so great, because he just fucking went for it. It was just like, I'm going to make the best of the situation. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. Crazy shit. And of course, you know, episode one with Captain Carter was pretty fucking dope. They definitely made her a hell of a lot more badass than Steve was in the beginning. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love the I, action sequences. Right. Not once have we ever, ever seen Cap. Lift a fucking truck with his shield and fling it over his head. Not once, but like twice. <laughs> yeah. Insane. <laughs> Insane. Like she just, oh, she just had it all. And I love that cocky German dude that walks up to her and that. And as, after seeing his buddies and everyone yeah. being thrown about in their motorcycles, yeah. he's like, oh, you can't handle a woman? And then she just fucking demolishes him, breaks his knee. <laughs> in like less than like five seconds. Just pat, pat, yeah. pat. Dead. Oh it? yeah! Like, <laughs> do you <laughs> not see that's Captain Carter? <laughs> I don't know who she is, and I mean, like, I appreciate where they were going with that episode of, of the, you know, the whole female empowerment. Um, fucking love that stuff. And if anybody needed a good boost, it, it was definitely Peggy Carter. I mean, I know she had her own series, which I've actually not watched, so I can't really speak to it. Um. But I mean, in, in that time frame of the 40s where men just really did not see women as equal, um, to see her pretty much be the leader was f- fucking incredible. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. And I think it was really yeah. well portrayed uh, throughout that episode as the uh, the like director of the program um, sort of switched up his entire attitude towards her as the episode went on and as she sort of fulfilled more and more of these difficult missions and just sort of changing his entire outlook on the perspective, uh, especially at the beginning when she first jumps into the uh, uh, machine to receive the serum instead of Steve. Right. Um, And he's all like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Trying to basically do exactly what they did to Steve in uh, the first um captain america movie where they send him out on these uh like campaign tours basically to get oh, people involved yeah. in joining the military but selling war bonds and shit yeah but i also really liked that uh how they um targeted like the tesseract and then uh created the first iron man suit and all of that in such a vastly different way than we've seen before yeah and they're they just call- really mm-hmm. integrating that into the story so seamlessly that was the, the what they call it, the Hydra Stomper? Yeah, yeah Hydra Stomper, that's it. And it was powered yeah. by the Tesseract. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Never, I didn't see that coming at all. I just thought he built a suit and maybe a battery or something. Yeah, honestly, I had no idea what they were uh, going to be doing with it until we actually saw the suit for the first time. Fuck yeah. Then yeah, again, no, um, at the end of that episode, um, I know we had been talking about it a little bit before, Alex, but uh, that big, like, 
Kraken-type monster at the end that they're fighting. Interdimensional uh, beast of some sort. Yeah, and we were a little bit on the fence about what exactly it was. Um, we had sort of come to the decision that we thought it was the uh, the big monster from um, Guardians 2 yeah. uh, at the very beginning when they're fighting that interdimensional beast. Uh, and they take the batteries. But I, as far as I've done, I haven't looked into it at all past that. Yeah, Ollie, your thoughts? That's what I was wondering, too. Um, it definitely reminded me of very Lovecraftian horror. Oh, yeah. Um, and just the fact, that it, the fact that it kept growing and growing as it did, I wonder if it was just getting through the portal faster, or if it was something like how in the second episode... They were trying to steal that uh, life seed that just grew and grew. Uh, I forget the name of that already. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, but I wonder, well. I, I wonder if it was somehow related, just infinitely growing wherever it was. But uh, I love how she grabbed that sword and just fucking went for it at the end. And it, it, it's interesting that uh, she, she went through it and came out the other side years and years later um just like steve did yeah it just makes you wonder just as as different as these um as different as these stories are with uh with the what ifs uh they're still kind of victim to the same things that happen in the original story right absolutely uh, and then you've got what the the end of episode two where Ego shows up at the Dairy Queen where where Quill's working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think they're going to add more more episodes that actually that tie up these these loose ends, or do you think they're just going to leave them as is? I really hope so, especially for the first episode where it left off in a very similar uh, spot as um, Captain America: The First Avenger. I would like to see what they do with the character of Tony Stark throughout that timeline now that they already have the, um, I guess, building blocks for the Iron Man suit. And right. um, uh, his dad has already figured out the equation to the uh, uh, reactor that he builds in, I believe it's the second Iron Man movie. Well, when he makes the new element for his... his uh, yeah. Arc, arc Was that the second or the third? I think that was the second That's... one. I think it's the second one, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the second. Yeah, because the third it, one's where he, he gets <laughs> he gets stranded in that town in the middle of fucking nowhere with the kid. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. <clears throat> the Christmas But movie. I would definitely like to see a continuation of that storyline in particular. Well, I mean, now well, that... Go ahead, go ahead, Ollie. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Uh, that I, I think they will do that, because in the promos, you did kind of see an Avengers uh, get-together of uh ultron i think and and whoever else uh and i just kind of think that they need you know if they're going to show us a what if episode about oh what if endgame changed then they might want to start uh with a small one like this captain carter episode and later on build on to that to show us uh, oh what if endgame was a little bit different different heroes you know yeah that's a really good point damn good point yeah, yeah. I think uh, Marvel's definitely got their work cut out for them with this. With this, what if it is definitely going to be 
interesting to see where the rest of these episodes lead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. At the, same, at the same time, I feel like they have to rein them in a bit because if we see just how good some of these stories get, we're going to want them on the big screen. Oh, just like with the Chal already as Star-Lord. Like, I want to see a movie like that. Well, unfortunately, we don't have any Chadwick to make that happen. And I'm sorry, no. we cannot replace Chadwick Boseman <laughs> at no. all. You just can't. You no. can re- you can replace the mantle of Black Panther, but you will never replace T'Challa. Period. Speaking of which, I that is the one thing that I wish that they touched on a little bit more in episode two. Um, with uh, like say, uh, Sherry Sherry uh, taking over the mantle of Black Panther in his place and whatnot since he's gone. Um, given obviously the same events happen and uh, his father dies in. Uh, the bombing that happened with the uh, Winter Soldier and everything being framed. Oh, right. Uh, I would have liked to see them sort of introduce her in that way and then bring it to the big screen uh, within uh, this next phase of Marvel movies. But if we're going we're gonna to branch out with the fact that Howard has already created an Iron Man suit. Do him and his wife still die to Bucky? Is that... Oh, that- does that chain of events still happen? Because now he's got what? the suit. Where's the stop him from, from progressing technologically from there? Does Bucky even happen? Like, I would say mm. Bucky dies. I think Bucky just dies in the war. Well, the thing is, is actually, if we remember what happened in that first episode, Bucky didn't fall off the train. He was caught, and I don't think he died. He carried on afterwards because he was there in the... In the uh, the castle at the end. Oh, that's a good mm-hmm. point. Yeah. When when yeah. Peggy jumped through the portal with the beast, right? So yeah. Bucky and Steve get old. There's no winter soldier. So does Tony become Iron Man? Or is that just a legacy that starts with Howard and moves forward? Hmm. That's really and interesting. It, like you think maybe Howard becomes Iron Man and the Tony just as a completely different storyline or something a little more. Well, I mean, he, um, built, the, he built the suit for Steve. And, and I mean, I imagine Steve uses it to the full extent because Peggy's gone for, was it a lapse of 70 years? Yeah. Yeah. So she's gone for that 70 years. I mean, she didn't defeat Hydra. They still needed to stomp all that out. And I imagine there's a whole chain of events that go on. Um, so Steve, Steve and Bucky both would have, gotten old um probably in a hospital somewhere now does this mantle get passed on to someone else i think it would have gotten passed on to somebody else uh one of the things is i don't think steve made it quite up there in age uh i think it was a reddit post but somebody shared a screenshot of uh steve's health records from the original uh first avenger movie Okay, and it it does not look good for Steve. Uh, tuberculosis, a uh, few other childhood diseases that are wiped out today, but would mean that somebody may, maybe not make it past thirty or forty back then. Jesus. So mm. depending on if they got that uh, super soldier serum working again, then who knows? Uh, but we do know that uh, they did get it in. In uh, it was in Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? That uh, it was revealed that they did have a black Captain America. Yep. Yeah, during um, uh, Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah... Yeah, 
Yeah, I think I don't you're right. Isaiah. Yeah, but uh, they eventually did get some level of super soldier back, right? So maybe Steve would have actually been one. That's really cool. interesting. And then he definitely would have been able to like last um, until Peggy came back from the portal uh, and still be in like relatively good condition, I would say. Maybe like not quite as he was in Endgame when he uh, came back from uh, returning all the stones. But uh, keep in mind, that's also what would that make him like over 140 at that point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> fucking crazy mm-hmm. alright well it would have been move cool to the... see uh, Bucky as war, war Machine though but anyway we can move on well, yeah I was going to say let's, uh, let's, let's there's possibilities to... there <laughs> well, I mean, we, we could make an entire show just on what if oh, yeah. of yeah. our own making uh, <laughs> but let's uh, let's, uh, let's move this forward a touch here um, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Y'all have seen that trailer? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Holy shit! You know what? When 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 there was rumors that um, uh, the previous cast of Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man were gonna come back for this movie, I thought it was just gonna be a kind of glance into the multiverse. Oh hey, that's going on over there, right? But, I'm actually happy to see that I'm wrong and that they're somehow clashing the multiverses here. Yeah, I really didn't expect them to just go like balls to the wall with this one. I figured it would be like what you were saying, where they would kind of ease us into the idea of the multiverse and everything. But it seems like with this movie, we're just going to get thrown right in. We're going to see the full potential of what it could look like. Uh, for the MCU to have these large multiversal uh, events where we're going to see uh, larger groups of characters than we're used to, even in the Avengers-style movies, coming together to uh, fight greater evils, essentially. And especially with the teasing of uh, things like the Sinister Six, with a lot of these big uh, Spider-Man villains returning from the previous franchises... Uh, it definitely oh, yeah. opens up a lot of possibilities for um, the next Avengers-style events we're going to see in these future phases of Marvel. Do you think that they're going to actually weave the two together? Or are we going to get Sinister Six in the other side, the the actual Marvel side, not the Sony side, but our, our, our Kevin Feige side? I guess he's... I, himself, but you know what I'm trying to say. I, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't really bet on Sinister Six coming to the MCU anytime soon. I think Sony still owns the rights to that. And I wanna say that their whole Venom uh uh movie and what is it, Mobius as well? Yeah, uh they're gonna uh, try to Morbius, I think. Mor- yeah, Morbius. Yeah. Morbius, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going that direction with it. I'm not sure MCU, but I would love to see it because at this point, we have all the characters in No Way Home, um, p- potentially, because Amazing Spider-Man had... Uh, yeah, who is Sinister Six going to be in this? Well, so, the Sinister Six traditionally is um, Green Goblin, um, uh, Doc Ock, uh, 
Mysterio, and that one is sort of like up for debate. A lot of people theorize since uh, the end of the second Spider-Man movie that he didn't actually die, and that was just uh, a continuation of his um, drones creating an artificial reality. So right. there is always that possibility. Um, uh, Dr. Connors is in this movie. Uh, we saw like a, a quick... Uh, scene of him attacking a barrier that Doctor Strange put up with um, the uh, one of the Spider-Men on the other side of it. I think it was uh, Tom Holland. I, I don't think they showed anything to really lead us to believe that there's going to be the other two in this movie, but I think they will be. They're just trying to stay away from that for the trailer purposes and right. to sort of lead us in the direction uh, of surprising us with the, these big cameos. Well, um, the mm-hmm. the original Sinister Six was Doc Ock, Electro, Craven yep. the Hunter, Mysterio, Sandman, and Vulture. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then and intermit. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. A, a while ago, it was rumored that Craven the Hunter would be the next uh, Spider-Man villain. Uh, I can't remember who it was that people were were wanting to be cast, but. Uh, I think yeah, I guess. Uh, what's the guy's name from Kickass? And he played uh, Quicksilver in in Age of Ultron. Oh, uh, really? I'm blanking on the name right now, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's that's what the that's what rumor <laughs> that I've heard so far is that he's going to be cast as Craven the Hunter. Aaron Taylor Johnson. That's his that's name, right? Guy. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yes, yeah. Sir. Yeah. That would be really interesting so, to see. But then again, like yeah. he he did still have his uh, um, that like one or two ish episodes that he was in WandaVision as well, right? Well, not Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh no, he... different uh, no. different one. Sorry. Yeah, that was the other Quicksilver from from yeah. the Sony X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Who also has a three part name? If I'm oh. Not... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. I just know that he's known for the American Horror Story. Uh, TV series. Uh, it's not coming to me. Uh, yeah, so so far though, so that we've seen in these current Spider-Man movies, we do have Doc Ock. We do have Electro because Jamie Foxx is reprising his role. Yep. That's, oh, that's right. That, that's right. That has yeah. Been confirmed. We have Vulture. Now we have Michael Mando's rendition of Scorpion. He doesn't have his suit yet, mm-hmm. but uh, he's definitely there. He's there at the end scene. Uh, of uh, um, Homecoming when Vulture or Adrian Toomes, if you will, is walking through the line in the prison and he meets right. the, meets Michael Mando with the scorpion tattoo on his neck. So we know that they're going to be there. We already have Mysterio um, and it's rumored that he's not actually dead yet and that mm-hmm. he's still very much alive. So that, how many is that so far? So Vulture, Scorpion, Doc Ock, Mysterio, Electro. Who's the sixth? Oh, man. Why am I blanking on this right now? Do we, do we have a sixth? Is the... Oh, Green Goblin. Ooh. Fuck's sake. Green Goblin. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Green Goblin. Yeah. So, and... They're all there. And is going to be Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good to see him back. <laughs> that crazy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, um... Insane. So we do have a setup for the Sinister Six. Now the question is, is this going to set up Sinister Six, or is this going to set up 
more multiverse stuff. I honestly hope that it's the Sinister Six. I want to see them really dive into the the multiverse stuff when they start introducing characters like uh, the X-Men into the MCU. That's when I want to really see them dive into uh, like different multiverse events that are happening on uh, both of these different Earths. But for this movie, I think they are kind of using it as an introduction, uh, even though they have all these characters coming from these different franchises into this one movie. I think it's going to be... Uh, like a big event that's going to introduce us to the idea of larger scale events than we're used to seeing from the MCU. Yeah. And I mean, it's not the first time that they've given us a multiverse. If you, you look at uh, Into the Spider-Verse is where they shoehorn that in the first time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which uh, is where I could see them going with No Way Home. Just a little bit of Into the Spider-Verse with Toby and uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Uh, but Sinister Six is there, and then just not to mention uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, I'm kind of really interested to see how this movie plays out. Oh, absolutely! Have you guys heard uh, the new Mephisto uh, theories that are going around based on this oh, movie? Okay. No, but oh you God, no! Enlighten us, yeah, yeah. All right, so. A lot of people are really talking about the way that Doctor Strange is acting throughout the trailer. Um, And as we see him sort of uh, performing this spell to reverse time and make sure that nobody knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man anymore, uh, which sort of goes against a lot of the things that he's learned in um, his character development that we've seen so far throughout the first Doctor Strange movie and then Infinity War and Endgame. Right. Uh, so people are thinking that uh, this might be uh, Mephisto um, just in his place, sort of trying to fuck up uh, the multiverse in a way and essentially lead into uh, future Marvel storylines such as uh, Dark Avengers and stuff like that. No, without, um, without going any further than that for two seconds, is this mm-hmm. all based on... Um. Oh, what was that in at the end of Wandavision when they did the revised ending of Wandavision, where that figure starts floating down towards her shack? Is this so? Of, is this based off of the fact that that could be Doctor Strange, and then he somehow gets entrapped by Wanda? So I was actually uh, reading a post on Reddit uh, a few weeks back about that, and um, they actually confirmed that it wasn't really meant to be anything it was actually just like a weird reflection off of um one of the windows in the hutch that wanda's at uh and it it, you can sort of follow it along down the mountain it stays in a very like uniform line along with uh where the reflection would go right and um i i don't know if it was 100 percent confirmed or not but what i was reading was saying that uh it, like it looked like there was definitely something going on in the background there, but uh, they were saying that it wasn't really anything, and that we shouldn't look into it too much. Which I mean, it's sort of disappointing. We don't normally see Marvel making mistakes like that, right. uh, especially for things like end credit scenes, which they really do put a lot of work into to make sure we get just enough information to start theorizing for future projects, but not enough to really put two and two together until. Uh, we'd sort of seen the culmination of those projects. 
Right, but you know, Marvel is not uh, no stranger to uh, being overly deceptive when it comes to what they show and don't show. Exactly, and that's sort of where the problem lies with, uh, again, with this trailer as well, uh, where they're being very secretive and uh, very odd with the shots that they used of uh, Spider-Man throughout the trailers, where they're they're very far away. They're not your typical uh, like superhero shots, where they're a lot more close up on the character. Um, like for example, when they introduce Doc Ock in the trailer, how they zoom right in on him and it's just sort of his, uh, like upper torso and his face. And then the next shot is Spider-Man, um, in a, like a further out frame on top of a car posed up, but it's not your typical, like, um, superhero introduction. Yeah. No, I feel that. Oliver, what are your, what are your thoughts, buddy? Do you think we're gonna? You think we're gonna see a Mephisto this early, or do you think they're saving that for later? I want to steer clear of any of this Mephisto hypotheses, just because I heard so many during WandaVision that I'm just turned oh. off from the idea. Like I, I, I haven't heard, I haven't heard of this this new WandaVision thing. I, I saw that end credit scene. I didn't see anything like that in it. So I'm just going to avoid that completely. Mephisto, maybe he'll, he'll come in with the multiverse of madness. Uh, that's kind of where I expect to see him. But just right now, I, I'm not going to indulge on any Mephisto. <laughs> I agree. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Holy crap. Yeah, so this, this Spider-Man, I think, is going to be pretty dope. Do you think they'll tie in Venom at any point? I think so. I've heard rumors that uh, for the uh, new Venom movie, um, they're going to have some relation to Spider-Man and vice versa throughout the uh, MCU. Where well, they're they going to sort to. of Venom or well, have, like form of character introduction. Especially with this multiverse intro, it would be a shame not to have Venom... Uh, involved at all oh absolutely especially seeing all of these other toby Maguire spider-man villains returning um and a lot of them uh like uh obviously willem dafoe's um green goblin and then the sandman from uh spider-man 3 is coming back for uh no way home and then doc really yep wow i haven't heard that that's the the same guy that's in Dexter, right? He plays Dexter's dad. Yeah, I don't know actually, if you guys seen right. Dexter? Yeah. Wait, um, what? I think you're yeah, right, you've seen Dexter, right? A long fucking time ago. Yeah, I, really, oh, I wasn't really big into it. The guy who played Sandman. Yeah, yeah. I played Sandman. That's uh, that's Dexter's dad. I forget the the name of the actor. He's shown up in a few other sci-fi uh, movies and TV shows. Uh, but yeah, I, I hadn't heard he's back. How about Topher Grace? You, you mean is, Thomas, is he back Thomas as Venom? Hayden Church? Oh, did he? Uh, did I don't he think his name. Okay, so Thomas Hayden Church is the guy that plays Sandman in the in Spider-Man Three. Okay. Oh, him. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, the guy in Dexter, since I, I have IMDb open right now, I think, I don't remember the guy's name. Give me two seconds here to get this rolling real quick. Scroll I thought it was the same guy. James Remar. 
Oh, two James different Primo. people. They they do look kind of similar, so I under I can I <laughs> I could definitely get behind the. Okay. Uh, okay. My that. mistake. Yeah, no, they do I, look very similar. Dude, at I least in my similar. head, how I remember it. <laughs> yeah, James Remar was uh, oddly enough. I think James Remar played Raiden in the second Mortal Kombat. Yeah, way you're, back you're right. When. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah, Deep that's back. him. Yeah. That's uh that takes me back. All right. Well, that takes me back to a place of awesomeness. Ah, uh, the childhood. Hmm. But, but if, okay, you know what? We're we're gonna go off script on this one. Have you guys seen the new Mortal Kombat movie? No. I have not. No. I've heard mixed things. It is a little all over the place. If you're looking for a deep, well thought out plot, you're not gonna find it there. If you're looking for if you're looking for a good Mortal Kombat movie filled with gut uh gut blood and guts and awesomeness, um, you'll find that there, uh, as well as a, a brand new branching storyline. Um, not half bad, but I mean, let's be real: Mortal Kombat One and Mortal Kombat Annihilation weren't exactly the pinnacle of uh, great filmmaking. <laughs> Certainly, when I hear. When I hear branching storyline, do you mean something shoehorned in that works out, or? Uh, well, they created a new character. Oh. Um, who's not in any of the games and not in any of the lore, as far as I know. But uh, my my Mortal Kombat lore is a little rusty. That's interesting. Um, is that the character that's uh, like the movie follows? Like, is that sort of our protagonist? More or less, yeah. So, give me two seconds here. Oh, so it makes it unpredictable what's going to happen because no one's seen this character before. Well, right, and oh. he's he learns how to use his powers and whatnot. Like they do a lot of weird shit. Cole, Cole Young is is the new character shoehorned into uh, the Mortal Kombat movie. Um, mind you, the background story was supposed to be all about Scorpion and Sub Zero's feud. Right. Um, but it turns out uh, that this the, the movie pretty much follows this guy Cole, who is like a f- sort of semi-failed MMA fighter, um, who has the uh, Mortal Kombat Dragon insignia on his body that he once thought was a, a birthmark, and it actually signifies people who are chosen to be Earth's champions in the Mortal Kombat tournament. And people oh, who, wow. who bear this insignia have what do they what do they call it? Oh. It's powers of some kind, but they give it a Ar- Arcana, Arcana, I think is is what they describe it as. So, you have to so what discover if, your powers before you can be a champion of Earth? So if what if you were just born with this mark and just decided to fuck all with your life and never learn how to throw a throw a a punch? Uh, th- they'll find you. That's that's the whole premise. Is that <laughs> you, you will be you will be found, either eliminated uh, or inducted into for lack of a better term, Raiden's School of Martial Arts. <laughs> no. Um, it's a good watch at least once if you're just looking for a mindless action movie. Like, it's well done. I won't, uh, I won't even try to, to diminish it. It's a well-done movie. Uh, is it the greatest in martial arts films? No, not even. Uh, ask, but it, it, though, it is uh, good. For the fight scenes, do they do, like, is it like John Wick style where it's just sort of one car? Uh, and you see everything happen, um, and it's just, like, really intense back and forth between the characters, or is it very, uh, like, super Oh, no, it's definitely, it's definitely cut up. Um, it's definitely not one take. 
Uh, but it's none of that shaky cam bullshit either. Okay, good, good. Oh, I hate that. Yo, man, which is one of the reasons why... What is the that Snake Eyes movie? The the new G.I. Joe Snake Eyes? I yeah. Is, is all shaky cam. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and I am not interested in the least to what I might wait till that comes on one of my streaming platforms before I, or even if one of two people who upload to Plex uploads it to Plex, well, then maybe I'll watch it. Well, that's what happens when you don't have Ray Park, or do they have? Who's and, Ray Park? He's um. Oh man, he was Darth Maul. Oh, oh shit! That's why I know that name. And, uh, yeah, he did Snake Eyes in G.I. Joe. I'm pretty sure that was him under the mask and everything, at least during the stunts. Uh, but he's this really, I'm probably not doing it justice, but he's he's a fight choreographer, and he's just yes. really damn good at it. I think he's also been involved in Planet of the Apes, I want to s- no. I'm actually looking at his filmography right now. Uh, let's. It might have been the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the new ones, The Hobbit. I so can't he, remember. He was definitely in both G.I. Joe movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? Oh, he was in X-Men. The first X-Men movie. He played Toad. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's fucked I up. I forgot about that. That's yeah, crazy. I hated Toad. In the cartoons, too. Toad was an ass. Oh, Toad was a dick. Big fucks. Yeah. Huge dick. Let's see. What else has he been in? Uh, Star Wars Clone Wars TV series. He plays Maul. He was Maul in Solo, A Star Wars Story, though I don't remember that happening at all. Mind you, I was super intoxicated when watching that movie, so I don't really remember. Oh, yeah, I, I did not enjoy that movie. He, I didn't mind he it. He was part of a Mortal Kombat TV series called Mortal Kombat X Generations. I have not seen that one. But yeah, he was definitely not uh, the new Snake Eyes. I'm pretty sure they cast a, an image yeah. for that. Right yeah, first. no, no. Oh, hundred percent. He he was saved by the suit in the first two GI Joes, but but uh, yeah, apparently he's just really, really good at choreography. So oh, uh, man's, man's fantastic. Maybe that's why they have the shaky cam now. Hide all of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I'm pretty sure the uh, the guy who plays Snake Eyes is an accomplished martial artist. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you'd have to be to play a character like that. It makes it easier, and you don't have to train the guys for months before you shoot, or Henry. even during it. Henry oh, yeah. Golding, I think, is is the yeah is the guy there. From what I understand, he's a pretty accomplished martial artist and has done action scenes. So I I, I don't understand why all the shaky cam. Like you don't need to do that. And the thing is, like, it's not the first time we've been plagued by this. Do you guys ever watch the the Bourne movies, Jason Bourne movies? Oh yeah, yep, dude. Mm-hmm. The most overuse of shaky cam ever was in those action <laughs> sequences, and I've seen Matt Damon do those action sequences outside of that cam view, and he's good. Yeah, like, yeah, it's I, kind of a shame when they rely on that kind of stuff to. Uh, I don't know. But what do you just make to cover the fight? Up? I, I think their intention is to make the fight seem a bit more intense. Like, oh, you can't really follow their punches. That's how quick it is but it, it kind of leaves us with like why am i watching this i i can't see what's happening it's a blur like i, yeah, I might as well be like six beers in you know yeah no kidding <laughs> fucking might as well be bloody hell well since we sort of minorly segue segued 
into Star Wars talk. Let's uh, let's talk Star Wars. What's uh, what's happening in Star Wars these days? Is everybody caught up on the Bad Batch? Yep, I have I have not been paying attention to that show, like at all, at all. Yeah, I am not super into Star Wars, but you guys oh. can fill me in. You have That's homework. Fair. Seen all of it, right, Alex? <laughs> Uh, no, you know what? I'm also victim of, uh, not victim. I, uh, I definitely have not finished. I think I'm, I'm like four episodes out, three, four episodes okay. out from the end. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's the show before What If aired, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was supposed to take me into What If. And yeah. I ended up falling short. All I, I know is that the bad... Give like a, a spoiler-free review on this, because I do want to talk about it very briefly. Um, I thought it was... Good, and it's definitely started off very strong with that first hour-long episode where they covered a lot of things that were kind of in a gray area between uh, the Clone Wars ending into the Empire's takeover. And right. I think they did a fantastic job in the first uh, about three or four episodes of sort of developing uh, what the galaxy becomes with this new uh, presence essentially leading them into... Uh, what the Empire will become uh, in the first hope, or in uh, a new hope, and whatever. Right. Now, as someone who's who's seen it in, in its entirety, do they ever come back to? Um. Oh shit, Caleb, Caleb Doom. No, unfortunately, they don't, which is really disappointing to me. Although it is definitely going to be. Um, I would say a Clone Wars-esque series where it's going to continue. They left it at a place where there's absolutely no way there's not going to be at least a second season. Oh, I'm pretty uh, sure the plan is to have as many seasons as humanly possible. Oh, yeah. It, always, I would say. it would upset me if something called season one didn't have a season two. <laughs> that's always how I... That, that's always... it. If you're coming out with a TV show and calling it a season, it, there better um, be a sequel to it. Sir, have you ever seen Firefly? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cancelled shows <laughs> don't count. It only has one season, and it is labeled as season one. Well, like, shows like WandaVision, like, could you see a season two come out? You know what? To really think about it, no, I don't think there could be a second season to WandaVision. Yeah, just because by the time they get around to it, they're going to be so far off from where they left WandaVision season one that it would be a completely different show. Or who knows, you know, their writing team is pretty great, so I'm sure they could come up with something. Oh, absolutely. But it also depends on where they plan on shoehorning all of that into the MCU. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) With We're the still show being waiting in... for the vision return and everything as well. So... Well, and you you just took you just took that right out of me. I was just about to say that with the show being called WandaVision, like they, it has to encompass both. And yeah. where are they? Where where are we going to meet Vision in the future? And and on the, on the ship of Theseus. On the sh- <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> that was um, that was in the last episode when uh, Vision met White Vision, and they were trying to. Uh, he was trying to convince him, like, hey, you're just me, right? I think that was the argument. And he said, oh, Ship of Theseus. And Ship of Theseus is uh, just the concept, I guess, of if you take something apart 
and replace all its components to build the same thing again is it the same thing and it was the right. way that he got it was the way that he got through to white vision and then instead of a fight it was just like oh ship of theseus okay oh, and you see ollie this is why you're here you remember <laughs> all the obscure stuff <laughs> that yeah, i didn't... wouldn't be able to use together <laughs> Good fucking call, dude. God damn. And we're back into the MCU again. I thought we got into Star Wars. What the fuck? Well, it's all Disney, right? It's all under the same umbrella. It's yeah, okay. We can talk about Star Wars a little more later once uh, once you've at least caught up, Alex, um, and the, some more. Yeah, I'm definitely. definitely I think Visions is going to be Yeah, and I was... Sorry? Star Wars Visions, like the uh, Star Wars anime that they're doing is... Oh, the same right. What, I haven't even heard of it. Studios working on each episode and different directors and whatnot. And they're so just kind of like the old, uh, what was that? The Animatrix? Do you guys remember that? Yeah. No. Vaguely. Okay, so the Animatrix launched, I don't remember, I don't know if it was after the entire trilogy or if it was after the second uh, second movie. I think, it was, I think it was after the second one. Um, and it was very much the same thing. A whole bunch of different... Um, artists got together and did like different what's the word I'm looking for? They they did like different stories within the universe of the Matrix and they were each uh, animated different. Some were CG some were anime, some were black and white. Like it was it was pretty crazy. Mm, that was pretty cool. Yeah and if that's the if that's the route they're taking with the Star Wars Visions I'm 100% in. It definitely seems like that uh, might be the route that they're going with it, at least just from the trailer that uh, I've seen. But it looks very good, and I'm very much waiting for the first episode to release. And yeah, no just kidding. Ollie! Well, um, yeah. <laughs> so, how come you're not a Star Wars guy? Uh, Truth Star Trek's a little better, in my oh. opinion. Oh, oh you my. did not! <laughs> oh. That might be loaded. Oh my uh, god. So loaded! But yeah, I just, I, I never really understood, uh, I don't know, Star Wars. It has so much lore and they kind of stick to these, you know, the main three trilogies. And I, I, I think there's more interesting things about the Star Wars mythos that they could be doing. And I guess I have to get into the books to really discover that. But I'm going to try giving Bad Batch uh, uh, a shot just because I hear so many good things uh... about it. It's a pretty decent run. Have you at all watched the Clone Wars um, cartoon series? No, that's something That's something else that I've been told to watch. Right. So the Bad Batch is based on a group of clones from the Clone Wars series. I guess they, they only introduced them in the last season, the final season that they, they created um, shortly after Disney Plus launched for Disney Plus. Okay. Okay. Um, so I mean, like, I, I'm not going to recommend that you watch the last season of that just to get on board because you're going to be so confused with whatever the fuck else is going on. Um, but in your in your spare time, how how very little spare time you'll have if you can find it in your heart <laughs> to watch these um, when you're not busy trying to sleep or be rested for work or record more of these podcasts. Definitely, definitely give it a good watch. It's a it's a it's a decent show. I'll add it to my list, sure. But Star Trek, let's... <laughs> like, are oh, you I'm like boxed. an old school fan? Or are you like a next generation fan? I'm, I'm, I'm a both kind of fan. Yeah, I, I really like uh, the old school ones. Um, 
I have to go and rewatch them. I haven't seen all, like, I haven't seen Deep Space Nine, but I've seen the OG Patrick Stewart ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, How about about the OG Bill Shatter? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Those ones, I'm halfway through them. Uh, But I don't know. I just, I like the, the sense of, wonder that comes with their discoveries every episode kind of thing it's like a different approach to spacefaring than star wars so for me star trek is a bit more approachable just because you know the whole um discovering new worlds and and your interactions with them and what you discover is is just interesting and i like to have my mind go there uh so for me star trek yeah star trek is just better than star wars in that sense but at the same time they're two different uh ways to scratch the same itch you know yeah no kidding i didn't know that about you i'm I'm just learning that about you today however long i've known you and i didn't know that you were a trekkie yeah honestly actually uh i was in cadets as a kid and we we went to vulcan here in alberta which uh i think used to be a either a corn or mining town or or they're corn town now but because of the name they kind of jumped into the whole star trek uh stuff and as a kid in in cadets we went camping we we went to do a camp there and i just remember them giving us the 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 vulcan ears and everything and it was it was an interesting time that's for sure yeah no kidding that's crazy man that's fucking cool I learned something today. Yeah, me too. Star Trek is better than Star Wars. Well, wow. well uh, no, no, let's not go that far. Yeah, I haven't, I oh, haven't gotten okay. around to watching uh, Star Trek Discovery or Star Trek Picard, um, but yeah, with the new generation stuff. But I'm loving the Chris Pine, uh, Zachary Quinto stuff. Oh man, I cannot get enough of that trilogy. Yeah. And I, I really hope they've got more coming because I thought that was fucking brilliant. Like a like a, a wicked reawakening reboot of something so classic. Yeah, hundred percent. I I don't know. The first movie captivated me, and every movie since has been just as interesting to me. Oh, it's fucking. Not, not a lot of people like the 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 latest one with Idris Elba, but I thought that one was all right. What? That's like. That's the third one. That was uh, that was that was fucking awesome. Yeah, I think it was the third one. Yep. You can't put Idris Elba in a movie and have it suck. That's just that's just rules. That's rules of life. That's true. Pacific Rim. I would right. have loved to see more of his character in that. Not gonna lie though, even if Idris Elba wasn't in Pacific Rim, I'd still love Pacific Rim because who doesn't love giant monster movies? I agree. And robots just... fighting giant monsters. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> just run. Yes. That's a very good point. <laughs> oh, man. Don't ever go out in the public saying that Star Trek is better than Star Wars. <laughs> if you do, at least, like, stand behind us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Actually, um, my, my wife and I are our best friends. Um, they're big Trekkies. Um, but they also have an appreciation for Star Wars, unlike some. There people. are dozens of us. That's all I can say. There's dozens of us. Just so. dozens, yeah. Just, do- Just whole, dozens. Whole yeah. dozens. Whole dozens. Live long and prosper. 
<laughs> that we will. Well, because at least the... no, go ahead. Because at least at least we didn't have our recent trilogy ruined. You know, I don't know what your guys' are thoughts on hey, about that. But... Hey, <laughs> we don't. Sorry, shots fired. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, we don't discuss the latest in Star Wars trilogy because, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. Yep. <laughs> in my shame. mind, it will never, ever be canon. That can't ever be canon. No fucking way. What a waste of, what, six plus hours of my life I will never get back. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they knew what they were doing with that other than to to boost toy sales. Oh, man. Like, Seriously. I don't even know where to start on this. It was visually, visually it was pleasing because it's Star Wars and I like the aesthetic. But the story was too all over the place. It was too campy, too hokey. And I just, and in all honesty, what the fuck? Just, just straight up, what the fuck was going on? And what the fuck was with that kiss at the end? Oh, so much where, where Ray is. Where, where Ray kisses Ben. What the? What, where did that even come from? I don't. Not once did I ever feel that there was any tension between them. Yeah, I agree well, with that. Yes. In the second movie, when they sort of had their like back and forth, where they were seeing each other through like the Force visions and all that. All those, all those awkward fucking shirtless scenes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I really didn't feel <laughs> connection between the characters. There was like no chemistry. And it just, it all felt very weird and put together uh, for the third movie. Just like most of the events that happened in the third movie, it felt like they'd only come to the decision as they were filming. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I mean, the real star of those films, let's be real, was John Boyega. I wanted to see more Finn. I I wanted to see more Finn. And, you know, at, at a certain point, I wanted to see more Kylo Ren as well. I wanted his character to develop, but it ended the way that it did. I really didn't care for his lightsaber. The, actually, what was the fucking it, like that Claymore looking with the with the two mini sabers uh, out the handle? Yeah, I remember seeing all the uh, the threads about how does that work? Well, right. Well, when you swing it. Like a magic wand, like he did. That's how that works. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't mind. I like seeing different versions of, uh, or different makes of lightsabers throughout Star Wars. Is we very much only saw the traditional uh, one-handed sabers throughout the majority of Clone Wars to the end of uh, the Empire Saga. And well, right, because like, we didn't. We've only we only ever seen like the double bladed with uh, with Maul. Yeah, exactly. And then they did show a little more diversity in some of the animated series, like Clone Wars, uh, where they had um, General Krell, um, the big fucking like fish kind of looking dude, uh, and he had I think it was two double bladed lightsabers, uh, like one in each hand, and uh, oh. that was, fun. but. There just isn't that enough to you think, and especially in the legends of Star Wars, where they literally have whips that are lightsabers and shit like that that just never gets touched on in uh, what's canon, I suppose. Yeah. No have kidding. they ever have they ever shown the proto saber, whatever it was called, the one that you needed the little backpack for? 
like the one they made seen it in it, the one they made on YouTube. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen one in in any show or movie, but I mean that doesn't mean it doesn't exist somewhere in comic books. Like we also forget that Star Wars has a huge comic following uh, and a huge comic uh, lore. I guess is the oh yeah, the don't, don't they have? Don't they have lore spanning a few billion years or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I was talking about. It, it, they call it Legends, and it's essentially non-canon um, comic series that uh, are within the Star Wars universe, but they're not considered um, to be part of at least the timeline we know. And it's like this massively expansive uh, comic universe that was basically... Um, I suppose sidelined by Disney when they kind of took over Lucasfilms. Because um, a lot of this that is now Legends used to be considered canon uh, when it was George Lucas um, running things at uh, Lucasfilms. But now that Disney has taken over and sort of changed how they want Star Wars to look, a lot of it has uh, become non-canon. And it's definitely taken a lot away from the potential of Star Wars uh, especially the characters that they initially based the development off of for the new trilogy, like Ray and Ben, as they were completely different um, characters, and they even had different names uh, throughout the Legends uh, arcs that those characters were present in. Crazy. Wow. That's kind of disappointing for the fans that Disney keeps... Uh... But at least, hey, with, with Bad Batch, you know, they're doing something in the right direction. Yeah, it definitely oh, seems yeah. like. I mean, and the Mandalorian. Can't oh, the Mandalorian. forget about that. We, should, we will never forget about the Mandalorian. That show is iconic. It, yeah, it, it, it's an instant classic. As soon as episode one played, I knew that I was in for the long haul with this show. Well, oh, yeah. quick tie-in with the Mandalorian. Um, what's her name? Ahsoka? She is from the Clone Wars. <laughs> Yeah, yep. that much I know. Uh, well, and and, and, uh, and rebels as well. Yeah, and and Rosario Dawson, right? Fucking a, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that that was a pleasant surprise. Honestly, I'm not sure I could think of anyone else who could who could have filled that role. I agree. She's a perfect. Yeah. Figure. I mean, it's not somebody. I mean, I I would never have thought to cast her to be honest, but I don't think I had anybody in mind to cast for Ahsoka. Yeah, I feel like that's a tough nor, one. Was, you're just kind of going in blind. Right, nor did I know that Ahsoka was even going to be a part of that series. Well, just, that's true. Just like the, the, the season finale of season two. That was, uh, that was really cool. <laughs> you know, and I had no idea who that was, even though the clues were all there even though it was so fucking obvious with the one gloved hand and the one not gloved hand. I didn't know that was going to be Luke Skywalker. I'm not going to lie. I'm right. I'm right there with you. I didn't know until he took the hood off. You're right. Right. Was, and then, like the that's only... Sorry. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, didn't, uh, I mean, X-Wings have been around for, for a while. They've been in and out of, uh, I guess the Star Wars shows. I honestly thought, having just come off of Rebels, that that was going to be, um, what was the kid's name in Rebels? Ezra. Ezra. 
Because, uh, but mind you, this was also because I hadn't finished Rebels before watching that episode. So I didn't know that Ezra gets taken off with the Space Whales and, and, and Admiral Thrawn. I honestly, like, there was a large part of me that hoped that it was going to be Ezra, especially with all the Ahsoka tie-ins and everything, and I... her, her journey throughout uh, The Mandalorian. I really did think that uh, it was going to be Ezra as the big, um, I guess, end, uh, ending towards the second season, but by the time I saw the X-Wing, I knew it was going to be Luke, and it, it still, I was not disappointed at all with it being Luke instead of Ezra. Oh, there was no disappointment on my end. I was just, I, I was hoping it would be Ezra, and we got Luke Skywalker instead. It was equally as surprising and fulfilling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Although I would have liked to see them do the Ezra storyline instead, where they kind of keep the group a little more close-knit rather than uh, having Grogu uh, now go off with Luke to uh, do training and whatnot. I would have well, right. liked but... Mandalorian continue, at least for another season. Uh, with maybe Ahsoka and Ezra kind of joining forces with Mando. Well, that's the that's the thing. Ahsoka's looking for Thrawn because that was the last person Ezra was with. She's not looking for Thrawn for Thrawn. She's looking for Thrawn because she's looking for Ezra. Exactly, and that's why I thought he was going to come in at the end because it was just such um, so much uh, pointing towards um, him kind of becoming a almost a lead character in this series. I really felt like they were heavily foreshadowing that. Right. Well, I don't think Ezra's story is definitely not finished. Whether we get no. another Rebels-like cartoon series, or if this is just going to tie into all the live action, Ezra's story is not done. They can't leave it there. They can't leave us on no the hangover. Sorry, Ollie, we're talking about a bunch of shit you can't even, <laughs> you can't even <laughs> right. keep up with. So, so it is there going to be some kind of Luke Skywalker show, or is that just the end of Grogu? You think he's going to come back somehow? So, there's a lot going on for Star Wars shows right now. Uh, the Book of Boba uh, is coming out, I think, this like Christmas season-ish, so maybe like early December we'll see the first episode. Oh, that'll be uh, dope. And then next year, uh, 2022, they renew The Mandalorian for a third season. Uh, we're also expecting the Obi-Wan show coming out sometime in the next two years. Uh, and that one that. have um, uh, Hayden Christensen coming back as Anakin and uh, obviously Gregor as Obi-Wan. Um, and they we don't like, need Hayden Christensen as Anakin. They should just give us <laughs> the guy who voiced him. Um, in Clone Wars, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the guy's <laughs> name. He was in he was in Jupiter's Legacy. He was uh, he was Sky mm-hmm. Fox. Yep, and he looks the part. Like oh. he could definitely do it. Oh, that's the like thing. All you have to do is dye his hair. Yeah, exactly. And I would like to see Hayden Christensen as uh, like movie Anakin. Um, like for example, when they were in uh, that final scene when they're fighting uh, Palpatine in Episode Nine. I would have loved to see um, Hayden Christensen reprise his role as even like a force ghost or something as Anakin. But for yeah, a TV series, I definitely think they should stick with um, what is his name again? The the Clone Wars voice actor? You know what? Since I have IMDb open, give me just a second to get this going. Okay, apparently I closed IMDb by accident, but that's that's okay. We're all good. Clone Wars. 
uh, high speed internet. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. No, that's not what I wanted. Oh my God, just give me the. Is this it? No, it's not. For fuck's sake. Sorry, one second. Apparently, oh, I... Star Wars. How about Star Wars games? We definitely don't get enough of those. Matt Lanter. That's the guy's yeah. name. Matt Lanter. Awesome. Matt Lanter was fucking dope. And, like, they used his likeness as Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars. So, why not just give us Matt Lanter? I agree. And yes, Ollie, we need more Star Wars games. I, I, I can't, I can't diminish that. We, we definitely need more Star Wars games. I'm pretty sure there is going to be another. Um, it's going to be a sequel to um, Jedi Order, Fallen Order. Sorry, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. confirmed. Yeah, I think it was confirmed recently. Same with and the now, uh, remaster of uh, Knights Kotor. of the Republic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah, that oh, one, I heard yeah. about that. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a day one buy for me. Well, the crazy thing for me, I've never actually played the KOTOR games. Me neither. I just hear very good things about them. Right. Back in the day, oh. I didn't even know who the fuck Bioware was. Not even not <laughs> even a clue. Um, so, but I've heard, I've heard so much about them. And I think I, one of them was on Game Pass for a while there. Shoutouts to Xbox and Game Pass. Not a sponsor. Um <laughs> Oh, right. Um, I think it was the first one, and I tried it for like, or maybe it was I got it with Games of Gold. I can't remember. I think one, it was a Games of Gold. Good, probably good call. Um, and I tried it out because I'm like, hey, whatever. But it's so dated that I just couldn't get behind it. Oh yeah, like it's 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 not. It does not hold up. I don't care what what fans want to say. It does not hold up. You definitely um, need a remaster. That's okay. Oh yeah. Or, but I think this this is supposed to be like a proper reboot. That would be cool. Like, I think, like, like they're redoing like the whole fucking the whole Yeah, I, that would be great. You know, a remake with a better engine uh, would be nice. And of course, like there, I know Bioware has put out a couple of not so great games, uh, but I have faith that they can revitalize their old franchise. Well, are is Bioware even together anymore? I thought they were dissolved a little while back. Let's oh, no, say, they're still around. I was going to say, they're, they're still, still making the next back. Dragon Age game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Dragon Age. Oh, I completely forgot about that. It was just that, they're, that they weren't putting out uh, Mass Effect or anything anymore. Well, I'm, I'm under the impression that there's going to be a new Mass Effect game in the works that they're working on uh there is there is a new mass effect game coming what, what, what am i what am i doubting off about yeah uh, yeah i think you're right Ma- mass effect 4 i think it is yeah yeah wasn't there uh mm-hmm. wasn't there a trailer for that like a like a teaser really uh, i don't know i don't or, think so no never mind i'm actually blending shit together in my head Let's forget that I even said anything about that but i'm always okay. positive that there is <laughs> there is another mass effect game coming um, and I'm quite certain it takes place after the events of Mass Effect 3. Yeah, I think that's that, that much has been confirmed. Which would definitely be cool to see. Oh, yeah. I'm I definitely, think that's the right uh, sort of Andromeda. 
Well, I mean, Andromeda, from a game standpoint, it's not a half-bad game. I've been intermittent with it for the last, oh, I don't know, eight months or so. Um, I'll That's play what I hear. And then stop playing it, and then I'll play it for a bit. Um, it's just the getting into it part of that game is what's really tough, and how like clunky it feels compared to some of the other games when they were in their prime. And right, especially on release, like when I first tried playing it, it was basically unplayable for almost a solid like month or two after release. Well, right, and, it was uh, super buggy for a while, uh, right? Pardon? It was super buggy for a while, wasn't it? Oh yeah, like to the those reviews. Yeah just like float up into the stratosphere so you couldn't even shoot them <laughs> like it got bad at some parts that's messed up yeah, yeah. I didn't get, uh, by the time i got to it it was after they patched and fixed everything so i i got to play it in its proper form i guess oh, okay yeah, i can see how that would be a vastly different experience from mine yeah no kidding speaking of games has anybody been keeping up with gamescom lately I have uh, not really. It's okay. Just, neither, I, I, neither have I. So that's why I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> I know that the Saints Row reboot got announced. I saw the trailer for that. Sorry, the which? Uh, the Saints Row reboot. Oh, oh no yeah. way. Yeah, they dropped the trailer for it, which I don't know if you guys have seen or not, but I was a little bit underwhelmed by it. Uh, well, just because it. Yeah, it didn't uh, didn't really strike me as as Saints Row, but I don't know. Yeah, so like, like a lot of weird, like um, really unique things they have in the Saints Row games, and they didn't really show a whole lot of it. It seemed a lot more, I guess, realistic in a sense. Yeah, it just. Uh... I don't know. It just didn't have anything about it that really told me it was Saints Row until they kind of show you the title card at the end. And even then, just the aesthetic, it it just looks like they're going for a totally different uh, uh, feel to it. Now, are they uh, are they recreating the first game? Is that what it is? Or are they rebooting no, the entire franchise? This is a complete reboot of the franchise. You actually oh, pull- shit! Uh yeah, I I remember reading the um the description, and it's basically four of you, you being the boss, and then you got your three uh, buddies. Uh, that all you kind of want to do a startup company, except your company is in Prime, is literally almost how it's worded in the description. Gotcha. So yeah, I don't know. It just it it doesn't seem like what I was hoping it would be. Oh, uh, you know, I, I like the first three Saints Rows. Saints Row 4 was all right, but it was more of like a DLC. Uh, that was the one with uh, where you're the president. Yeah, you're the president. Yeah. And you get superpowers in the, in the space simulation. Yeah, it had its moments, but oh, uh, never. definitely <laughs> not canon anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, none of it's canon now. If they're, if they're rebooting the entire series, we can just kiss everything we just had fun with goodbye. Yeah, so but at, at, at the very least, the little 18-second gameplay snippet that they also released uh, looks quite interesting. Looks looks really good. Right. Well, they did just release, uh, what is it, a remastered version of Saints Row 3? That was, was that recent or a few years ago? 
I'm not certain. All that I do know is they just, um, what is it, um, Epic Games, uh, because now I'm uh, also a PC gamer. Uh, Epic Games just gave it away for free, so now I have access to it. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, oh. I've never actually played Saints Row 3, so this is going to be fun for me. I yeah, they just have they just did a whole remastered version of it where they upscaled all the all the graphics and smoothed out the gameplay and it looks pretty good. Yeah, I know a lot of people like Saints Row Two over Three just because it was a little bit more serious and grounded. But I loved Saints Row Three. I thought that it was a really good story, really good uh, gameplay. I think you're gonna love it. I mean, Saints Row is pretty fucking out there. Um, you know, starting off as a Grand Theft Auto clone and it's with its own unique spin. Um, and, and I remember in Saints Row 1, you could go to the liquor stores and shit and you can get a whole bunch of 40s and then you can go to the pot store or see a pot dealer, I don't remember. And you can both get, get fucking high as fuck and drunk as fuck and go run around and do shit. Like that was, that was insane to me. Yeah. Gameplay. Yeah, I remember those days. And then you could get your little pimp cane that was also a shotgun. Oh, oh and you did the you did the strut with it. When yeah, walked with it. Yeah. Oh man, I died. That was funny as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they. I, I think they have pot, but I don't think they have alcohol in the third one. I think they made it a little bit more arcadey. Well, yeah, whatever. But either way, it, it was fun. You get to make some decisions throughout the game in Saints Row 3 that I don't know how big of an impact they were, but it was an impact nonetheless. Uh, but yeah, fun game, that's for sure. And since we're in the throes of gaming, um, what are we looking forward to? What are you, what are you looking forward to coming up uh, in the next little bit, or even if it's further off in terms of most anticipated games? I'm looking forward to Dying Light too. Oh, uh, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if you guys. I don't know if you guys have uh, played much of Assassin's Creed lately either. But uh, I'm loving that Dying Light too has some Assassin's Creed elements in it. You know, namely the parkour. Uh, it's first person, and in one of the trailers, they showed that you could pretty much assassinate the same way that you could in Assassin's Creed. So now Which that is- Assassin's Creed is moving towards uh, an RPG. Well, it pretty much is an RPG at this point. Uh, yep. I'm liking that Dying Light 2 is kind of filling that void for me with my stealth assassinations. Right. Did you play the first Dying Light? Oh, yeah. I played I played it tons and tons. Oh, I probably yeah, have 200 hours it. on it plus. Yeah. I may not have that much, but I played the ever-living shit out of it. But we oh, also, it's not even that much. <laughs> we also kind of cheated a little bit and figured out how to dupe things and how to <laughs> how to max out all of our skill trees. Uh, Man, I mean, I still had fun with it. Oh yeah, an open world like that with the physics that it does, I you get tons of people coming back to it. If you go on the Dying Light subreddit, you see so many diehard fans on it that have thousands upon thousands of hours playing the game. I personally get bored of games after a few hundred hours if they're open world RPGs. (laughs) But at least you can can make it the hundred or so hours. My my ADHD doesn't allow me to get past like twenty five hours before my brain goes, okay, something else. 
Oh, that's a fair point. Like, I, I, I'm trying Assassin's Creed um, Valhalla now, getting into that, and that's just a whole new level of complication that the games get into. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't know if I would call it complicated, but it is definitely a lot more more complex than it had previously had been. Yeah, and that's kind of what I mean. I, I got the Ezio trilogy on sale, and I, I was playing Assassin's Creed 2 for a little bit, and I was like, oh, this really brings me back it's so easy to get into well, and then right. i try valhalla and i'm like i know they went to the rpg <laughs> route with these games but that is a whole different level of 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 uh, creativity in that game yeah okay and it it's gonna take a lot more effort for me to get into it than assassin's creed 2 um brian your experience with assassin's creed Honestly, like pretty similar to Ollie here. I really enjoyed um, all of them up until, uh, I guess, Revelations was where I kind of started to fall off. Wasn't really uh, the biggest fan of like them keeping a lot of those stealth aspects, uh, but then kind of throwing you into the middle of nowhere with uh, what was it, Assassin's Creed three? I don't remember what it was called with uh, Connor, the native guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't really like the was, terrain in yeah, that, that one, but I, I liked how they kind of upgraded the fighting mechanics and all that, and I think that was a good change. But oh yeah, I was gonna say the terrain sucked, but man, the combat in that was fucking crazy. Yeah, and then like similar stuff with Black Flag as well, where I liked some of the things that they did with it, but it just felt like it was further away from what Assassin's Creed had traditionally been. And then that was just sort of furthered by things like Odyssey with them completely changing up their approach to the game and having... Oh, uh, that all started with Origins, though. Yeah, Origins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I I just really couldn't get after that. Like, if I was going to play a game of that style, Assassin's Creed was certainly not my go-to. And uh, I've heard a lot of good things about uh, Valhalla, but... I could just never find myself interested in it. Yeah, I mean, I've got Valhalla, um, and I had fun with it for as far that I, as far as I got into it, um, which maybe a quarter, maybe thirty-five to forty percent, if I had to throw a number at it. Like, there's still a lot I haven't done, and then I stopped playing it in lieu of Cyberpunk. I think came out finally. Oh yeah, that sounds about right for a timeline. Extremely broken state, uh, but, <laughs> but I still had a blast with that. But yeah, I ended up I ended up just uh, sidelining it and throwing it into my ever growing backlog of games. Yeah, that's honestly that's the reason why I didn't buy it in the first place because I just knew that was going to eventually happen to it before I got around to uh, completing the campaign, or it would be the opposite side of the spectrum where I just do nothing but story missions until I beat it, and I have no desire to return afterwards. Well, right, and it's kind of hard too when they throw all the side quests at you and like your entire fucking map lights up and you're like, oh man that's overwhelming like there's there's 10 things over here five things over here and i still have to get this part of the main campaign done like it's it got yeah. really overwhelming for me yeah agreed um on on the note of assassin's creed what do you guys think would be the best period the coolest period to set assassin's creed in and i'm going to nix out 
feudal Japan because everybody wants a fucking ninja Assassin's Creed game. So without being a ninja Assassin's Creed, what do you think would be a wicked uh, time period? I I know they already, I know they already did a kind of 2.5 D Russian Assassin's Creed, but I think Russia or some, some time period then. I think uh, maybe, like you mean, like uh, during the uh, Russian Revolution. Oh, okay. And sorry, what years did that happen? Because I'm not, uh, not I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a historian either. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be lying if I, I'd be lying if I said I knew when. But uh, I mean, they did. It's 1800s. Is that prior to all that? I want to say in the 1800s. I'm going to embarrass myself if I talk any more about what time period it is. I should know this. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's your it's your coolest time period, so I, I feel like you should know about it. I just I just remember that in Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, you could uh, blend in with the drunks. And I was just thinking, like, um, blending in with the Russian drunks while you're trying to assassinate a buddy and pretending that you're drunk is just <laughs> the best way to be. Plus, just the architecture would be amazing, I think. Um, oh, yeah. I think that would be like a really good setting for like traditional Assassin's Creed style gameplay. Yeah, yeah, something, something more like Assassin's Creed Three, I think. Like basically that, just slap a Russian skin on it, and there you go. Maybe alternate history. I mean, they already do that with. Uh, I think they already did that with Assassin's Creed Three. They had a DLC where it was. Um, George Washington was a tyrant, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that DLC was actually called "The Tyranny of George Washington." Oh, there you yeah. go, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just something like that. I think that would be an interesting one, or something jungle themed, uh, like Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag was really good. I just, I think I'm in the minority when I say that I did not like the the ship uh, elements. I just no, venturing. no. I'm I'm with you on that. I'm not big on the sailing. I think it's cool that you can that you can do that, and that there is some naval combat and all the she uh, the she the sea shanties. Um, that was dope. Yeah, but I I really didn't think that it needed such a large focus on naval combat. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and with every new Assassin's Creed that's come out, they've had some elements of naval combat, and uh, I'm not the biggest fan of it i don't know no i feel that uh, Ryan, but, uh, what do you think uh period honestly I, I always like since assassin's creed 2 where you do that one mission as uh uh desmond where you're just kind of like scaling the roof rafters in modern times uh where he's essentially putting all of the skills that you learned through the animus to work in uh, his own time period against what became the modern day Templars. And I would like to see a continuation on that with um, more like traditional Assassin's Creed style weapons, like the hidden blades and uh, like the uh, arm crossbow and stuff like that, just to uh, have that stealth aspect really be perpetuated in a new storyline, yeah. uh, but with a more modern take. So the enemies have more. Uh, I suppose dangerous weaponry, and it'll almost have like a an Arkham style feel to it. I could get behind that, Ollie. What do you mm-hmm. think? 
Yeah. Uh, I love the combat of Arkham, and I like stealth. And I think a modern-day setting for Assassin's Creed, you know, originally that's what I thought they were heading towards, uh, at least with the Desmond trilogy of games. Mm -hmm. Or it was more than a trilogy, I think. But, uh, yeah, I'd be behind that for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely a modern take. I've always wanted to see what it would look like in a more modern setting. Um, just because like it was so heavily alluded to and then never really embarked upon. Yeah, seriously. Cause like they really dove into the idea that what he learned in his adventures throughout the animus was um, like things he could take back with him. It wasn't just specific to Ezio as a character. It was him learning um, along with Ezio as he completed yeah, the... more stuff, right? So he has right. all those skills um, like to use whenever he needs them, but we only ever saw it happen in practice for maybe one or two missions throughout the uh, like entire saga, I suppose, that he was the, our protagonist. Right. See, now for me, and this could just be because I'm obsessed with the genre, but I would love to see a futuristic cyberpunk style Assassin's Creed game. Whoa. That would be awesome. With all and the it... bells and whistles, flying cars, all the neon, um, like the plasma. I didn't blade. even think about that. Right, right. It, it I, w- totally I was thinking. Crazy. I was thinking history. I feel like you you tricked us. <laughs> I was thinking history. <laughs> yeah, I thought but you were yes. just gonna come out and say the feudal Japan as soon as you told us not to pick it. But <laughs> oh, I know because everybody's go to is feudal Japan. I want a fucking ninja game. Are you kidding me? Of course. Oh and yeah, that's that'd like, be sick. That is like the most logical step, and it seems like uh, um, Ubisoft is just sidestepping that at every fucking possible turn. Or like, not yet, not yet, not Honestly. yet. Why not? Yeah, and... You know it's what we want, so why don't you just give us what we fucking want? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm hoping that they, they at the very least try to focus on a character again, like they did with Ezio. You know, that's the one time in in games where I just felt like having that many sequels did good for it before they jumped to the next uh, number in the series, you know, uh, there was two brotherhood and revelations before you hit three. And I thought that's where it peaked with the, with Ezio and he's such a beloved character. They even have, you know, his suit, make a comeback in Valhalla. Um, And I don't know why they don't just do that again. I think they've kind of wasted their time by jumping to all these different characters and time periods when they really should have fleshed out a story and just picked one. But they kind of shot themselves in the foot with ending things with Desmond, and then now you're just some person working for Abstergo jumping into the Animus to relive an assassin's life to figure out other stuff. Well, I mean, Desmond and, had to go. He was, he was fated to save the world the first time. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> but at the same time, going away from following an assassin to uh just shoehorning in uh the assassin's creed kind of trademark in an rpg game is just it's it's a direction that i i wish they kind of never went with it like with valhalla 
I'm not that far into the game, but there's very little Assassin's Creed in this game. Um, and I just wish that they almost rebooted the series and they just focused on what made Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed before they go back and do a feudal Japan game. Right. Well, I mean, they, they do have the Brotherhood there. I just They're under a different name, aren't they? They're the two... Uh, How far in are you? Have, you? have you settled in England yet? No. No, I'm not that far yet. Okay, so uh, but I have, I have met the two guys that you're talking about. Right. I'm at least and, that far in. And, and I've gotten the Hidden Blade. Right. There is more of them later on as you settle in England and, and progress through the stories. Like the, the, the Brotherhood of Assassins is there. It's just not a prominent feature. It's more the story of, of you pretty much... Well, being a Viking, <laughs> it's Vikings. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, and and that's yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Like, it's great. Like these games are great, and I'm sure they're great stories. But do they really need the Assassin's Creed logo kind of slapped onto it? You know. Well, what else are you gonna? Yeah, call? and that's what I agree with as well. Is like I, I would honestly almost see these more recent Assassin's Creed games as a slightly more appealing if they didn't boast the Assassin's Creed title to go along with it if yeah. you were just sort of the lone RPG series. Right. Um, and uh, I would maybe be willing to get into it at that point, but just because it's so drastically different from the Assassin's Creed that I'm used to, it just really has no draw to me. Yeah, like they could have they could have tied these new Assassin's Creed games and into For Honor or something and just had each of these like, oh, a Viking show up in For Honor or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, have, I just like the cameos from like the Brotherhood and stuff, like you guys were talking about. Yeah, like, they can still have aspects of it within the game, but just not have it necessarily tied to uh, a similar, uh, I guess, story arc. Yeah, I don't know. I still think that a, a cyberpunk futuristic version of this game would be fucking crazy 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah i agree i mean i don't think we'll we'll fucking see one but probably not <laughs> no <laughs> especially especially since i heard that uh valhalla is gonna be a constantly updated game that's the uh that's the idea now at least kind of like halo yeah. infinite they're trying to make it a games as a service yeah and i think they're trying to bring it all together into what universe which Hey, whatever you, it's your, it's your IP. You do whatever you want with it. But I still think that, uh, I still think that they should, they should kind of go back to the, their roots. I'm not saying it needs a reboot, but it kind of needs a reboot. Yeah. I agree. Uh, well, I don't think they're... they just, I heard they just opened up a new studio that's supposed to, supposedly supposed to focus on Assassin's Creed. So who knows? Either we'll have more Assassin's Creed the way we have it now, or they'll go back to something else. Either way, it kind of opens up uh, a niche in the market, you know? And, um, you know, speaking about Assassin's Creed and Ezio, the same voice actor uh, was in Dying Light 1, right? And going back to Dying Light, I'm glad that that's kind of taken up the mantle of Assassin's Creed, a first-person Assassin's Creed with zombies in it. I'm just looking forward to that. To scratch the oh, itch. And that game did something that was uh, particularly uh, that really stood out to me when they added the 
uh, that big expansion. Um, what was it called? Following. Uh, yeah, the following where it wasn't as much of a focus on the movement uh, like you would see in the original game where you were just constantly surrounded by infrastructure. And there were certainly a lot of places that were very uh, heavy on the buildings that you could climb and use your parkour skill sets to get around. But the fact that they also had so much open space, but it never felt like it took away anything that made the game good. And I think that's kind of where Assassin's Creed failed is that he didn't exactly stick their like core self when they went and made these changes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the the following DLC, um, it was a, a way bigger map where you got a vehicle instead of climbing on rooftops. Uh, though there is a town there, uh, it just really kept true to what the gameplay was, even though it kind of totally switched up your environment. And yeah, yeah, I really appreciated that. It almost well, I mean, made the zombies feel like they were more of a threat again because you had so much open space that you weren't able to just escape. And yeah. I liked that aspect of it as well, where you did feel like you were in constant danger, especially around the safe houses. Right. Yeah. Right. Have- I forgot about the whole safe house thing. <laughs> it's been a while. Fantastic yeah, and- game, though. It's definitely one that I should probably play again before the next one comes out. Well, I mean, as far as first-person parkour goes, I think they nailed it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they tried with Mirror's Edge, and Mirror's Edge was an okay game, but that was less action, more how fast can I do this course? It was it was pretty much an obstacle course. Definitely. Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, okay. Dying Light. Dying Light 2, I am just looking forward to... Uh, parkour you can now wall run i think and there's a few other elements they've introduced oh what wall running um, yeah That's wall running cool. and and you can paraglide is that what it's called you jump off a building and you got a nice glider like a like a wing uh, like a wingsuit like a... it's not like a wingsuit it's more like i don't know if you guys knew what da vinci's parachute looked like um just the big pyramid parachute i think is what it oh, showed in the trailer okay um but you can kind of like float down to the next building um, and it just looks like the environments to play around in is just way, way bigger. I mean, it sounds uh, like I, prime real estate for Fortnite to get in on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck Fortnite. Yeah. Fuck Fortnite. They got their fucking grubby fingers and everything. They've got avatars from all the pop culture. I don't know how many yeah, times they've done superheroes. I'm pretty sure even Predator was in there once. Yeah, and they're like on anime <laughs> and stuff now too. I think there was some Naruto skins or something that oh, was released gross. a while back. Fucking yeah. Naruto. <laughs> God damn. I, I love that that game I love that that game started as kind of like a a zombie fortress survival and it's yes. the multiplayer battle oh, royale honestly. aspect that made it off the ground. Right. I remember seeing <laughs> I remember seeing that, I think it was an E3, uh, where they were showing gameplay of Fortnite, and people were like, that seems pretty interesting, wow. And then when the game actually comes out, or I think it's before the full game came out, they had the Battle Royale mode, and then that's where they got popular. Now, no one knows about their single player or 
Save main... the world. It's called yeah. Save the World. And Save when world. I, I, uh, I invested, but it was like $24 way back uh, when it was still in, I guess, early access would have been the best way to put it. Um, it hadn't quite launched, but it was in a finished enough state to be played as Save the World. And me and a couple buddies, we that's where we started in Fortnite. We played it. And then all of a sudden, this Battle Royale, which outside of PUBG, I had no idea what Battle Royale really was. Uh, and at that time, PUBG only being on PC, and I was not a PC gamer. Um, I had no idea. Battle Royale just escaped me. I understood the concept of what Battle Royale was, but I mean, I never actually played a game. And then all of a sudden, it kicks in, and this game just explodes. It's everywhere. It is on all the Twitch channels, all the whatever channels. It's all over YouTube. Yeah, it's just like... It was a crazy phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like when Minecraft came out, right? And now you have like 500 billion channels making Minecraft videos, and and Fortnite basically got the same treatment. Hey, you know what? Who is into Minecraft? Power to you. I, uh, I, for the light, I, and I've tried multiple times and I still can't get behind that game. I just can't do it. I love, I can't get into it. You fucking get into it so much now, but I was big on Minecraft back in the day. I I was playing Minecraft when it was in alpha or beta or whatever it was. (laughs) Is that when it was just called craft without the mine? (laughs) 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 Way back. Hmm. Minecraft, holy crap! Um, we are starting to approach a uh, pretty decent time here. We may have to uh, bring this to a close. Oh yeah, we're almost at like an hour and forty minutes here. Yeah, we uh, we sure. Definitely, wow, definitely didn't touch on all the stuff I had aforementioned uh, <laughs> in the beginning of this. We definitely didn't talk about Justice League, but that's okay. We have plenty of other topics, and I mean. Plenty. There is eight pages of this shit um, that we can talk about in future episodes. Um, oh yeah, we got through like what three topics today? <laughs> yeah, five at best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely went super well. Um, I was worried about firing through these too quickly, but it seems as though we can generate decent conversation. Um, oh yeah. So yeah. With that being said, bringing this to a close, uh, Ryan, if people wanted to find you on social media, where can they find you? Um, so I am on uh, pretty much just Instagram currently. Um, Ryan L. Culliton, C-U-L-L-I-T-O-N is my Instagram handle. It's mostly just a personal account, but um, obviously like stuff like advertising and whatnot will likely be put up on stories and things like that. Um, as well as being tagged in um, a lot of the work that we're going to be doing for social media advertising. But eventually, the TikTok, I'm sure that'll just be under the uh, name of the podcast and so forth. And Ollie, if people wanted to find you on social media, where can they find you? Um, I'll have to get back to you on that. I'm going to figure something out here, maybe make another account. No, that's that's perfectly fine. You don't need to you don't need to rush into it. Uh, I still haven't even created a nerdy nomicron 
anything. I don't have a Twitter. I don't have an Instagram. I should probably get on that. I probably should have thought about that before all of this and got that up and running. But hey, hey, it's a learning process. We'll fucking get there. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> we'll get it uh, as we go. Yeah, and if anybody wants to find me for whatever reason, not that anybody ever really likes to touch out, uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at the real Snurfin, or you can find me on Instagram at Snurfin. Uh, and uh, you can also find me on the other podcast that I'm on, also known as Twat FM, or The World According to Fear and MDI. Shout out to those guys over there, because they're awesome and fear. Without you, I probably wouldn't have had any uh, gumption to start my own show. So a special shout out to you. Thank you so much. Uh, and that wraps up the first episode, and we will catch you guys on the next Nerdy Domicon. Peace. All right. See ya.